6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Some good news. You've heard it in the in the newscast throughout the day that Alberta opening COVID-19 vaccine boosters to all Albertans aged 18 and older. As long as uh, five months have passed uh, since your second dose, and I know already people uh, lining up, phoning, arranging to get it done. So uh, lots to talk about there, and we certainly look around other provinces and see Quebec stepping up its restrictions, its rules. Ontario, B.C. this afternoon, just moments ago, announcing tougher restrictions. I'll tell you more about that coming up, but right now, wanted to... Have a conversation with someone who has, uh, you know, lent his voice and joined us over the past 21 months through all of this, really to give us a, a front-hand, uh, you know, first-hand account of the front lines. Uh, Dr. Pre- Peter Brindley is an ICU doctor at the University of Alberta Hospital in Edmonton. Dr. Brindley, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I know what you're thinking. Oh, my God, didn't we get rid of him and didn't we get rid of COVID? Here it comes again. Oh, well, you know what? It was something along those lines. I was kind of hoping that the next time we had a conversation, we wouldn't be talking about this. But here we go again. Where's your head at? Yeah, you and me both. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my crumb. Um I don't know. Uh, it's it's as frustrating and as, as exhausting for, for all of us working in healthcare as it is for the people listening in. We're not going to claim any special victimhood here. I, I feel terrible for everybody. Um, it's uh, it's exhausting. I mean, all I want for Christmas is sort of peace and quiet and a ton of refreshed senior nurses to help us out because yeah. it's tough. It's tough on the front lines. You know, uh, tell us uh, when you when you're talking about those front lines. I mean, it seemed that you know we came through Delta and things were uh, calm. Seems like people were kind of getting back on their feet now. And as I mentioned, and, and here we go again. So as your colleagues and you were starting to realize, holy crap, we're going to head back into this. Um, how do you prepare yourself? Is it is it frustration? Is it exhaustion? It's like, oh my gosh, how do we even do this again? Yeah, well, I mean, you've said it all. There's, there's no special recipe for uh, re-energizing yourself. You just sort of dust yourself off and you say, okay, what is required of me? What do we have to do? Again, it's it's been tough for everybody in mm-hmm. healthcare, but the, but the poor nurses are, are flagging. I mean, I, I was on call last night. And remember, Omicron hasn't hit in Alberta yes. yet. And we don't know. We know it's far more contagious, but we, mm-hmm. we're all still hoping it's far less deadly. But, uh, you know, we, we sneaked through a night on call last night uh, before Omicron with few beds in the system and exhausted staff and then we limped through that night so it could uh, could get pretty bad your thoughts on the news today that uh, the province has uh, opened up uh, vaccine boosters to all burtons aged 18 and older with the risk of a terrible pun i'm a huge booster for boosters <laughs> i think I, I mean i ran to the front of the queue to get well i didn't run to the front of the queue but when it was my time uh before we started on that conspiracy theory uh when it was my turn i went straight up and so did all of my family members um again we don't know what Omicron's going to be like and everybody is hoping yeah Sure, it's a lot more contagious, but hopefully it's a lot less deadly. And and in fact, if it pushes Delta out of the way, as viruses often do, for a less deadly variant, then hooray in a strange sense. But there's some interesting data suggesting it's almost like Omicron will take away one of your 
vaccine shots. In other words, get the booster because then you'll be as protected as you were before week two. Or if you only have two boosters with Omicron, sorry, you had two doses, it'll be like you only have one. If you only have one, it'll be like you have none. And again, uh, if you've got none, you're still playing this Russian roulette. You know, this is not an experimental vaccine. It's been given to over 8 billion people. There are very few medications that have been trialed on 8 billion people. And I can tell you, we're still seeing cases of COVID coming in, but they are unvaccinated and we're not seeing complications of these mRNA vaccines at all, despite what you might read on social media. Dr. Peter Brinley joining me this afternoon. We're seeing other provinces and we know in other provinces, Omicron has taken a, a hold a lot stronger than than here in Alberta, although those numbers over the weekend, um, you know, are, are alarming. <laughs> We're, we're having a news conference here in 15 minutes, Dr. Brindley. If you were in the position to tell the province something, to tell the chief medical officer of health or the premier something, what would you tell them? What a great question. I, I, I think it answers on a postcard. I think we could, uh, we could have a nice pre-Christmas com- competition here. I don't know what I would tell them. I mean, it's, this is not easy. You know, you, we have to suck it up and get through. Um, nobody wants restrictions coming back. And, no. and let's be honest, people are getting profoundly fatigued and, and potentially not following them anyway. Um, it, it's the same old story of we need to balance everything against everything else. You know, there isn't just one disease in the healthcare system. That doesn't mean that you ignore COVID, but it does mean you have to find some balance. You know, I took over the ICU a couple of weeks ago and I was on the non-COVID line, but I took over 14 patients and 12 of those patients were overdoses. Uh In other words, there are profound mental health impacts from all of this. Now, you can't draw a straight line between overdoses and COVID because society is complicated and there's all sorts of things going on out there and people were feeling desperate even before COVID hit. But uh, we just have to balance all of these things. And we've got to find patience and, and resilience and I'm not going to get into buzzwords, but those sorts of skills that most of us, me included, me included with a privileged upbringing and a fairly easy upbringing, you know, weren't born for. And so we've all got to dig pretty deep and that's extremely difficult when all we want to do is desperately get back to normal life. I definitely do. Your thoughts on uh, on the rapid tests that have been, um, you know, that are being handed out across the province, across the country. Um, you know, I think some people are, you know, we, we know that there are, there's been lineups. We know that uh, there's mm-hmm. there's hardly any around. And in some cases, you're looking to get more in there. How do you think that that plays into this or how should it play into our holidays in the coming weeks ahead? Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of the rapid tests in your home stacked in the kitchen. Um, I I have traveled twice to the States over the last couple of months to give lectures on COVID and the Alberta experience and what have you. And people I've stayed with have have shown me in their kitchen, they've opened up a closet Mm. and it's full of rapid tests because you can get them very, very easily down there. So, you know, we we should be better than the Americans in all regards uh, when it comes to public health and looking after our populace and all the rest of it. So if they're doing it, we should be doing it too. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a fan. Before I let you go, Dr. Brindley, and I, I, as always, appreciate you making time for us. Uh, I don't know if you've, you know, hit a little break for us to make the phone call. Um, You know, we're heading into year three of this, year three. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, uh, yeah, but... I just never thought that that w- w- we would be here, that we'd still be talking about this. Yeah. You, you know, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I tend to ask you about the crystal ball <laughs> at the end of yeah. every interview. Well, like I've said before, if I had crystal balls, it'd be rather noisy when I walk. But, you know, it really does feel like the beatings will continue until morale improves, doesn't it? I mean, three years of anything. And and the problem with three years is, you know, if you compare this to, say, a diet, we can all diet for a couple of months. And that's Mm -hmm. why wave one and wave two seemed like, okay, we got this. Well, we'll just batten down the hatches and make it through three years. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. And, the you know, they are calling people coronials now people that have lived through this or we talk about covidizing society and you know it's had a profound effect on my children yeah many you know three of their formative years have been upended by covid i guess the the biggest thing i would say is we it it has been tough being a healthcare worker especially because of some of the accusations and and Frankly, there's been some meanness towards some of us. There's been some incredible generosity, too. I I guess all I would say is going into three years, you know, we're still your neighbors. We're still your friends. We're we're going through this just like you are, and we we all need to get through this together. Now, I'm not going to disappear into those slogans, which has sounded more and more empty as time has gone on, you know, this sort of we're all in this together. But we are actually slogan aside all in this together, and I don't have any special secrets of how to keep going. Um, But you know what? I have found myself talking to military veterans, and I have found myself talking to people who've been in healthcare for 40 years, and the Salvation Army, you had a little ad for them just before just before my interview and I've, I've got some friends involved in that fantastic organization and you know there are groups that have the strengths uh and and they haven't been part of our public discourse for a long time and we should listen to them again my friends in the military have been fantastic through all of this and almost saw this coming more than we did in other words they thought we would exhaust ourselves in the first wave and yeah we did and here we are in the fourth or fifth sorry to go on Dr. Brindley, uh, we'll have to leave it there this afternoon. Thanks for joining me. Uh, I look forward to talking with you again somewhere down the road. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Uh, yes, you because do. that means this is still a wrap. You know, we've always talked someday we're going to get together and have a whiskey and, and oh, we're going to yeah. pretend that this never happened or at least, you know, try to forget about it for a little while. Uh, thanks for all of this. Once again, thanks for your insight. Thanks for your compassion and uh, Merry Christmas to, to you and yours, Peter. Thank you so much. Likewise, and Merry Christmas to everyone listening, and all the very, very best. Uh, you're, you're in our healthcare workers' hearts, however, therapy that sounds. Bye, Take guys. care. Dr. Peter Brinley joining us this afternoon. It's 319. You're listening to The Drive on 770 CHQR and Afternoons on 630 Chad.